The depth chart for Red Sox pitchers and catchers could go quite a few different ways. Find out more on today's Locked on Red Sox. You are Locked on Red Sox, your daily Boston Red Sox podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to Locked on Red Sox, your daily Boston Red Sox podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Gabby Hurlba, former ESPN social media associate and current host of the Boston Balling Podcast. And I am here to bring you the latest in all things Boston Red Sox, Monday through Friday, straight to your favorite podcast feed. And the best part about it, it's free. And who doesn't love free, right? So you might as well check it out. Locked On is your team every day. Today's episode is brought to you by GameTime. Download the GameTime app, create an account, and use code LOCKEDON for $20 off your first purchase. Welcome to another episode of the show. Happy belated Valentine's Day. I hope you had a wonderful Valentine's Day with whoever you celebrated with, whether that be a significant other, your kids, yourself, friends, family, whoever it was that you love and appreciate on Valentine's Day. Hope you had a wonderful holiday. And not only was it Valentine's Day, but also pitchers and catchers have officially reported to spring training. Very exciting. Baseball truly is right around the corner. And because of the fact that it's now pitchers and catchers time, Today's episode is all in honor of pitchers and catchers, all about the Red Sox pitchers, Red Sox catchers. We're going to be diving a little bit into the current depth chart that the Red Sox have from a pitching and catching standpoint and going over a little bit more about expectations for some players on either the pitching staff or on the catching side. So lots to talk about today, but I hope you are having a great week. It's almost Friday. You're almost there. One more day. You got this. As we head closer to opening day and we sit and wonder yet again if the Red Sox are going to make any more moves this offseason, I wanted to just examine a little bit about what the depth chart looks like going into opening day for the Red Sox. Now, from a catching standpoint, Connor Wong and Reese McGuire likely will still be the two starting catchers on the staff. Reese McGuire is considered the backup catcher. Connor Wong considered more of the starting catcher. Now, I'm going to dive into a little bit later on the show what my expectations are specifically for those two. But if you have Connor Wong and Reese McGuire, that's not a bad catching duo. It definitely could be worse They both have the potential. Connor Wong, I think, could elevate his game a lot more this year. So from a catching standpoint, it's not bad, knowing especially that Kyle Teal is hanging in the rafters, ready to come up relatively soon, presumably, to take one of those spots, and that'll increase the confidence in the catching duo significantly. So another year of Wong and McGuire is not the worst thing in the world. What we really should be looking at, though, that could have cause for concern a little bit more is the pitching depth on this team. So let's start with starting pitching. Lucas Giolito, a guy who the Red Sox brought in this offseason and has dealt with 
a number of problems the last couple seasons, like injuries. He went through a divorce. He just had a lot of emotional things going on that prevented him from being able to pitch up to the expectations that he would want. And every pitcher goes through uncertainty, goes through challenging times in their life. But the important part is being able to bounce back from that and still perform. Because think about it at any job. In your job, if you're going through something in your life that's personal, you can take time off from work for sure to handle whatever that is that's going on that's allowing you to kind of be distracted from your work and keeping you from giving 100%. So you can take some time off, but then you have to come back and you're expected to still be able to perform and do your job. And that's the case here is can the Red Sox get Lucas Giolito back to where he was prior to all of these emotional things that happened in his life and outside external factors that caused him to not pitch as effectively as we had seen earlier on in his career. It's a question mark. There's absolutely a lot of question marks. So you're going to hear me refer to the word question mark a lot throughout this segment of the show. Lucas Giolito is a walking question mark. Can he get back to where he was? Possibly. And I do feel like Andrew Bailey working with him could be a good thing for him, kind of honing back in on what his strengths were, what was actually working for him when he was pitching at his best, and they could get him back to that. But he also might not. So you don't really know what Giolito's potential is this year. Another starting pitcher to me that's a huge question mark right now is Nick Pavetta. To me, he pitches better out of the bullpen than he does as a starter. The Red Sox are keeping him as a starting pitcher. Whatever that looks like to them, if that means he pitches five innings and then they bring in a reliever or they want to stretch him to six to seven innings, that's kind of up to them. And knowing what his potential is, what they feel like he can really do to showcase his skills on the biggest stage. And Pavetta, to me when he was starting before going into the bullpen, did show some struggle and wasn't super effective. Then he went into the bullpen and was just absolutely lights out, just a different way of utilizing him, and it seemed to work great. And I thought that the Red Sox were going to keep him there, but then they put him back into the rotation at the end of the 2023 season, and he was so-so. Not as effective as he was out of the bullpen, but not as bad as he was before he went into the bullpen. So maybe they did hone in on something there. But the point is, it's still a question mark to me because we don't really know how that's going to go. We don't know if he's going to slump back into a pattern of struggling as a starter or if he's going to be at the point where he's figured out what went wrong with him when he was a starter previously and is going to go back to the dominant Nick Pavetta that we saw in the bullpen. Who really knows? Then you have Brian Bayo and Cutter Crawford, who are both slated to be starters, both of which I feel have a ton of potential. Brian Bayo's developing the right way. Cutter Crawford, I also feel like, is developing the right way. Guys who showed that they can be true stars eventually in the league, but they're definitely not there yet. Brian Bayo, to me, can potentially be an ace at some point. He was the Red Sox ace in 2023 because he was the best pitcher on the staff, but he wasn't an ace. To me, 
he still has work to do and he can do that work. Just got to make sure he stays on the right track. Same with Cutter Crawford. He showed glimpses of what he can do during the 2023 season. I think there are some people who are a little bit more sold on him than I am right now. I think he needs to show more before I feel confident in him being a true contributor out of this starting rotation. So again, another question mark, just a big theme of this starting rotation is a question mark. Then you have pitchers who you kind of move into the realm of could be a starter, could be a reliever in Garrett Whitlock, Tanner Houck, and Josh Winkowski. All three of these guys have been mentioned by Red Sox personnel as potential pitchers to be that fifth starter in the rotation, but all three have pitched a lot out of the bullpen as well. And all three of those guys that I listed, I really like out of the pen. Tanner Houck nails out of the bullpen. Garrett Whitlock, dominant out of the bullpen. Josh Winkowski, we've really only seen him out of the bullpen, so I'm willing to give him a shot to be a starter, but who knows how that's going to turn out. Tanner Houck, to me, has great stuff, but has a longevity problem, so if they could limit him to two to three innings, I think that's where they would get the most productivity out of him, which is why being in the bullpen to me is better for him. Garrett Whitlock, we've seen his best stuff out of the bullpen. He struggled when he started. So what makes the Red Sox think that could be different now? I'm not seeing it be different now. Maybe the Red Sox are seeing something that we don't see, but that again is another question mark. And Winkowski could go either way. He's used to the bullpen though. So I would not be surprised if he struggles when he starts, but if they want to make him into a starter, then by all means go for it. Then you look at the depth chart at relief pitching. Chris Martin, John Schreiber, Greg Weiser, Brennan Bernardino, Zach Kelly, Chris Murphy, and Kenley Jansen. These are all guys who can pitch effectively out of the bullpen. Chris Martin especially had an amazing season in 2023, was one of the best relievers in baseball actually that season. John Schreiber was coming off of an injury but came back and was able to be relatively effective, wasn't as effective as he was in 2022, but I blame the injury for that. I think when he comes back fully healthy, he'll be able to bounce back and be a dominant force out of that bullpen that we know that he can be. Zach Kelly definitely has shown some glimpses to pretty small sample size with him, though. We haven't gotten to see a lot of him pitching yet, but I'm excited for the potential of him give him some more reps, see if he has the ability to really step his game up and be able to pitch effectively out of this pen because that could be a huge weapon for Boston if so. Chris Murphy is another one that had a very small sample size in 2023, needs to develop a little bit more. But then you can slot in guys like Isaiah Campbell, Cooper Criswell, Wickelman Gonzalez, Joe Jakes, Brian Mata, all of these guys are possibilities that you could slate in, and some of them we've seen pitch at the major league level, some of which we haven't. Brandon Walters, another one who got some time last year, but not enough to say whether he can really be fully effective or not. So it really could go either way. The Red Sox at this point have a lot of guys who have potential, but the question is, are they going to perform well in those positions. And that's the biggest question we have going into spring training and going into opening day. I'm going to be honest, I'm not fully thrilled about the depth chart right now, especially from a starting pitching standpoint. I think there's a lot of guys that can come into this bullpen and throw and they can make it work. 
So the bullpen, I do think, will be good again like it was in 2023. But I'm not sold on that starting pitching. And what's going to happen if they end up moving their notable closer? And coming up, I'm going to be talking about that closer himself and Kenley Jansen. What does his future look like in Boston? Are you ever looking for last-minute game tickets for anything or concert tickets or comedy show tickets? You name it. Game time is the place for you. It's also, you know, really frustrating when you're trying to buy tickets and you can't find the right prices. You don't know if the seats are good, so you don't want to risk paying more money for seats and having a bad view of whatever the event is that you're trying to go to. You can completely avoid all of that with game time. There's a lot of upcoming events that you can go to. In the Boston area, there's so much any sporting event for Bruins or Celtics because they're in season right now and shortly Red Sox when the season does come up. Concerts, I'm going to a Dan and Shay concert in April. I used game time to purchase the tickets for that. Very great app to use for saving you so much stress on buying tickets. Game time is the only ticketing app that gives you complete peace of mind with your purchase. They're obsessed with finding ways to help you save money on tickets. GameTime has deals on tickets right up to the start of the event, and even an hour after it starts. It's the place to find last-minute seats. Find exclusive flash deals and sponsored deals on tickets for football, basketball, baseball, concerts, comedy, theater, and more. With zone deals, you pick the section and GameTime picks the seats for big-time savings. And the GameTime guarantee means you'll always get the best price. If you find tickets in the same section and row for less, GameTime will credit you 110% of the difference. Take the guesswork out of buying tickets with GameTime. Download the GameTime app, create an account, and use code LOCKEDON for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N for $20 off. Download GameTime today. Last-minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. Game time really will take care of you, and don't you want a ticketing service that takes care of you? Because I know I always do. So head to Game Time today for all of your last minute ticket needs. You also should head to Locked On Sports today on YouTube because we have actually launched the first ever national sports 24 7 streaming channel so you can get access to everything going on in sports without having to worry about missing a single thing and we are also now available on amazon fire tv so if you have that find the lockdown sports today channel on amazon fire tv or subscribe to lockdown sports today on youtube you absolutely will not be disappointed what could be a little disappointing though is if the boston red sox do decide to trade kenley jansen Now, there was a little bit of an update with him in regards to spring training. When Red Sox pitchers and catchers reported and held their first workout on Wednesday at JetBlue Park, closer Kenley Jansen was noticeably absent. He arrived to camp on Wednesday, a day after pitchers were scheduled to report, and Chief Baseball Officer Craig Breslow said that he was dealing with general lat soreness and was day-to-day. So who really knows what that could entail? That could be genuine. It could be he truly is sore, has to ease back into everything after having an offseason and trying to get his arm back to where it needs to be to pitch. 
or it could be because they're trying to work a trade for him and they don't know what his future in Boston is going to look like. There have been a lot of trade rumors surrounding him over the last couple months, and I do wonder how serious that is if the Red Sox really do want to trade him. And there are pros and cons to that because if you trade him, you're getting rid of a notable closer who legitimately is a closer, is proven to close out big games and keep the team in a one-run score so that they can win the game. All of that stuff, Kenley Jansen is useful for. And if the Red Sox trade him, they're giving up a guy who is a proven closer and they're risking putting somebody in the closer role that isn't used to closing games and isn't really built for that. So that's a downside to it. The plus side to trading him, though, is it could create more flexibility financially for them to maybe sign somebody else or bring in a different player that fits a different need that the team feels like they have. And there are guys you could slot into the closing role if you do that. Chris Martin, to me, makes the most sense. Maybe you give Tanner Houck a shot. There are guys that can do that. But is it worth trading your proven closer That's for the Red Sox to decide, but this injury and soreness that he had on the first day of pitchers and catchers working out, that could be read in a lot of different ways. Doesn't mean that the Red Sox won't trade him until he's better because this is a real thing and they don't want his trade value to decrease at all, so they want to wait. Or are they trying to stall him working out with the other pitchers until a deal comes together because they're in the process of working out a trade right now? Or it could genuinely just be a sore muscle that they feel is unimportant in the grand scheme of things and they're letting him rest until he heals. We won't know for sure, I don't think, what the case is with that, but... There's a lot of uncertainty surrounding that and his future with the Red Sox and just the team in general and where they're going right now. Craig Breslow did make some comments on Tuesday as camp was starting, and this is what he said about Kenley Jansen. I think where we stand is he's on this team. He is an all-star caliber closer who's had an incredible career, and we're happy for that. We have talented players on our team that are potentially of interest to others. But as of right now, we're excited about what he brings, what the back end of our bullpen brings, and the depth that we have down there. Again, there's a non-answer by somebody in the Red Sox front office. This has become a problem. I really started to notice it with Bloom, how he would kind of beat around the bush a lot with his answers with the media and wasn't really direct or clear about the Red Sox path or what they're trying to do. But I've noticed it with Craig Breslow too. And I'm really starting to feel like that's an ownership thing that they are telling these guys to give vague answers to the media because they don't know what they're doing or they don't want to disclose anything that's going on behind the scenes. So I don't really feel like that was Bloom's fault and I don't feel like it's Breslow's fault. I think ownership is guiding them towards giving vague answers to things. But it's very irritating because that, to me, is such a non-answer about what's going on with Kenley Jansen. Yes, he's an all-star caliber closer. We know that. Yes, he was overall effective in 2023 for Boston. Everybody knows that. But they did say that they have players on the team that are drawing interest from other teams. 
does that mean that they're listening to those offers? I don't know. Like, like, are they entertaining the idea of moving somebody? It's so unclear. They said they're excited about what he brings, but I'm not sold on the fact that they won't move him because he kept saying right now. So they still could move him. I don't think they're close at all on a trade with for him, but anything could change quickly. You never know. I mean, look how quickly that Chris Sale thing happened and just how out of nowhere it was. So I wouldn't be surprised if they do move him. He's the most veteran player on the Red Sox pitching staff. He's 36 years old, nearing the end of his career. And for him, he probably would want a chance at another World Series. And he probably doesn't see the Red Sox right now as a contending team. He's owed $16 million this season in the final year of a two-year deal. And very clearly would fortify the bullpen of any team with a more sure postseason path than the Red Sox. He would be able to contribute to a team that is championship caliber now because, again, he's a veteran closer. And if he's on a one-year deal somewhere, it might make sense for that team. But it might make sense for the Red Sox to keep him because what if they feel like they're going to be better than they think or that a lot of people think? Because if they're performing well, they probably would want a bona fide closer to be there on the team to really lock in in those close one-run games and close the door on the other team. So it could go either way with Kenley. I wish I understood more the thought process behind Craig Breslow and company because Jansen, again, is a Hall of Famer, but we won't really know yet what the Red Sox are leaning towards with him. I'm sure that they're listening to offers is a true thing, but I don't think they'll jump on doing anything unless they get a mind-blowing offer for him, unless they get the right offer. So we'll see what happens there. But it is interesting that he missed the first day of pitchers and catchers. It makes you wonder if it's truly, genuinely just soreness, and I'm overthinking all of this right now, or if they're trying to stall time because they are working through a trade. And either way, we should know soon, but hopefully it's nothing too serious. If he is still with the Red Sox to start 2024, we definitely could use that skill set. So hoping that it's generally just soreness and that he can come back and contribute. Coming up, what are my expectations for the two primary catchers on this team and Connor Wong and Reese McGuire? You're about to find out. Have you ever tried FanDuel? If not, it certainly is the place for you if you're constantly looking to win money. Get buckets with your first bet on FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Because right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That's $150 if your bet wins. Bet on all your favorite NBA players and teams with quick bets, live same game parlays, exclusive props, and more. Just visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn and shoot your shot. FanDuel, official sportsbook partner of the NBA. FanDuel is seriously the best way to win money if you're into sports betting. I watch my fiance win a lot of money regularly on it, so you absolutely should check it out too. Also, LockedOn has launched the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube, and it's now also available on Amazon Fire TV in the free Fire TV channels app. Locked On Sports Today is here for you 24-7, covering the top sports stories of the day with the local experts of Locked On, plus our national shows covering every league. 
Find Locked On Sports today, now available on the free Fire TV channels app and also on YouTube. It's so exciting for the network. You will stay caught up in everything going on in sports without having to worry about it. So check that out today. In terms of the Red Sox catching core, Connor Wong and Reese McGuire are still the two main catchers that will be on the roster to start the 2024 season. And they are both decent catchers. Connor Wong in 2023 put up a batting average of 235 with nine home runs and 87 hits, and he scored 55 runs. He also recorded 36 RBIs and eight stolen bases. His on-base percentage was relatively low, though, with a 288 and a slugging percentage of 385 and an OPS of 673. Those are not the best offensive stats, but I will tell you that he definitely showed a lot of improvement due to the fact that he had to take on a massive workload during the season because Reese McGuire was injured and missed quite a bit of time. So Wong had to take over a lot of the workload during that time. And he was able to get his batting average up from 150 all the way up to 235. So that's good. I mean, he was definitely able to gain some confidence as the season progressed. I would like to see that confidence increase even more. And a lot of times catchers are not the best hitters on the team. That's just the reality at the end of the day. But with Connor Wong, there are things he can fix. One of his biggest problems in 2023 was he struck out 33.3% of the time while only walking 5.5% of the time. So he wasn't super patient at the plate, lots of swings and misses, wasn't taking many walks. So if he can take a deep breath and be a little more selective and be a little more patient, he could be a better hitter. I don't expect his numbers to go up that much. I think he's going to be around the same caliber of hitter that he was in 2023, but his defense made up for it. He's a good defensive catcher. He was throwing out a lot of guys trying to steal second base, and he was able to make some nice plays behind the plate too, and that's what's most important for a catcher. I'd rather have a good defensive catcher that struggles more on offense than vice versa because the Red Sox could have a lot of good hitters, but catchers have to be good defensively and if they're not then that's a serious problem behind the plate and it's a serious problem for the pitcher so his hitting is something I can live with they can fix that they can find ways to improve those batting stats for him but he's a good defensive catcher and I only expect that to continue heading into 2024 when he is the primary starting catcher on the team my question would be how long do they plan to have him be the number one catcher? When Kyle Teal comes up, do they still see Wong as number one, or do they see Kyle Teal as being that guy who steps in to the number one catching role and Connor Wong is more of the backup? Right now, Reese McGuire is the backup, and Reese McGuire did pretty well for a backup in 2023. 267 batting average, just one home run. He is by no means a power hitter, but he definitely makes contact. 16 RBIs. Two stolen bases, a 310 on base percentage and 358 slugging, and a 668 OPS. So, from an offensive standpoint, he was more productive than Connor Wong. He definitely was putting up more numbers, but his downside is his defense. He struggled defensively, 
2023, and that's something he definitely needs to get better at. Connor Wong looked a lot more confident with nailing guys that were trying to steal second base and gunning them down as opposed to Reese McGuire, who was trying to throw guys out but wasn't able to get that perfect throw as much. Get the ball down to second base quickly enough to throw somebody out. So we'll see what happens with Reese. I do like his offensive contribution. He did a good job of consistently hitting. He didn't really go through a lot of offensive slumps, and that's what I noticed about him. He was pretty consistent across the board, and you knew what to expect from him. He could do better in a variety of areas, too. Definitely could gain a little bit more power, try to hit to deeper parts of Fenway. But offensively, I expect, you know, a very average season for him. I still think his offensive numbers will be better than Connor Wong's overall. I just think he's a better hitter. I I would not expect a lot of significant improvement from the catchers. I'm not seeing a season where we're saying, oh, our catchers are all-stars. And they don't need to be. They do their job and go out there, and if they're making the pitchers better and pitch effectively – that's primarily what we ask for from them. I'm excited to see how the season goes for both of them. I think with Wong, he finished the season with the potential to really grow and really improve. He definitely needs to make some strides if he wants to maintain that number one catcher spot. And Reese McGuire, at this point, he's probably trying to just stay on the roster. Definitely needs to do what he can during spring training to keep himself in a roster spot. So both of them have something to prove and something to play for in 2024, but I'm excited that they're back at spring training. I know they've been working hard a lot this winter. Connor Wong especially, we've seen a lot of clips of him out there working on his swing and getting ready for the season. So it should be a good season for them. I think they'll be in good spirits, and hopefully we start the season off on a high note with those two because we definitely need them to step up a little bit overall as a collective unit than they did last year. But happy pitchers and catchers. Hope you're ready for another fun baseball season. I know I am. Hopefully the Red Sox can make it a little bit more fun, though, before the season starts. As always, keep the faith. Go Red Sox. And I will catch you on the flip side.